Hello, listeners. Welcome back to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name's Todd Sullivan, and my co-host, as always, is Oren Barter. You didn't just do that. Uh, and today we're talking about a children's book called I Am Jazz. Way to open a podcast about a <laughs> children's book, Oren. Yeah, you know, uh, Classy is my middle name, so. Well, that makes sense then. Absolutely. How are things? Things are good, Todd. How are you? I'm pretty well. Um, I am excited to have my my first full-size Christmas tree up in my place. It's the first time I've had one in quite a while. Hell yeah. Yeah, I've been, uh, since I've had roommates the last couple of places I've been in and had really small spaces I've had to work with. Like I've had a really small, like little, I guess maybe three, two and a half, three foot tree. I mean, it's a nice one, but nice. Um, just very tiny. But I went to, uh, there's a secondhand store in Kamloops here called Penny Pinchers. That's not too far mm-hmm. from my place. And I went there a couple of weeks ago looking for a chess set, actually, because I recently watched The Queen's, the Queen's Gambit, Gambit. Oh, man, that is Netflix. so good, isn't it? It is so good. Oh. And uh, that got me into chess again, uh, which I did end up finding a, uh, a chess set on Facebook Marketplace, and I have now taught Morgan to play chess. Which nice. Is very cool. Yeah. Hey, I, I, got, uh, I got a proposition for you. Sure. If you ever want to win at chess, play me. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I'll do is go get yourself an account at chess.com. Okay. And uh and we can uh, we can play some matches there. Chess.com, give us money. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or or if if any of our listeners want to uh engage us in a game of chess via chess.com, hey, uh send us a message. We'll I'll, I'll play anybody and and lose if you if you on a, <laughs> Here's a deal. Um subscribe at the $2 Patreon level and I'll play you for real and subscribe at the $5 level and I'll let you win. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. We it's, save winning for the $10 level? No, 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 no. We don't, we don't, there's, we, we got some integrity. Okay, all right, fine. We, we, we play them for real no matter what. We'll let you win at the $500 level. That's exactly, that's our integrity. That's, that's our, that's, that's our uh, ceiling right there. That's our bucks. cutoff for integrity. You yeah, give us we 500 know. bucks and you're, you're, you're a god to us. You cannot lose. Uh, anyway, yeah, I've got my Christmas tree up, which is very exciting. Uh, got a bunch of ornaments from, uh, the, the dollar store, but they're very pretty. We got like silver and gold and like shiny red. Nice. It's all set up. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite nice having, you know, having the necessary physical space to have a tree and then have one up as well. So that's, that's sort of my, my big exciting moment for this week. Well, that's a, you know what? That's a really humbling and personable high note i think that's good yeah thank you yeah uh anything you want to share um yeah i want to know what you're drinking tonight oh um i there's an there's another um i might have mentioned these before there's another brand of low carb uh beers that i have found uh from phillips brewing um they've got a sampler pack no um although i think i've had 
No, I've had dead frog sours. And there's a new dead frog sour pack out now that I almost bought. But um, no, it's called Little Wonder. And it's a sampler pack. They've got like a white ale, um, a an IPA, a cloudy something, and one other thing. But they're all um, like two grams of carbs. Oh, really? So like I am... I'm just loving the number of options that are appearing for low carb beer right now. Now, do you think uh, do you think that's like a diet thing? Do you think that's like there's just like yeah, I think more than anything else, it's a yeah, diet thing. But it works out people, good for you because it does, yeah. Because if you're diabetes, yeah, I didn't want to, your yeah. condition. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds worse when you put it that way. <laughs> Sorry. Um. um yeah, because it used to be, as far as beer went, about the only thing they had was um, uh, Slim and Clear. Slim and Clear, yeah. Which is okay, It's but it's not it's not great. Um, you know what? When when I go out, like if I'm heading to visit you, which I haven't done recently, obviously because of COVID, but like, yeah. when I don't know what to get, like that's my go-to. I was like, I'll, I'll buy a 12-pack of Slim and Clear. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and it's not bad, but, no. but having more options is always nice. Absolutely. Um, and there was... Um, I can't remember which brewery it was, but they had like a really, really good IPA, uh, low carb IPA out for a while. Oh, okay. Uh, and now there's Phillips with this sampler pack of a few different things. Um, so it's really um, like it's a good time to be a, a guy <laughs> wanting low carb beer. It's a good it time to, to be, be a everywhere. diabetic. It's a good time to be a diabetic. I mean, <laughs> I suppose when it comes to any medical condition, the current time is almost always better than any time previous because all of our medical treatments are so much better now than they were then, right? Well, you know, unless it's measles. Why? Well, because, like, people aren't being vaccinated for measles anymore and it's making a comeback because of anti, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. But that's that's rare. Yeah. 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 We saved the vaccine talk for my other cons- my other my other. Yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about vaccines. We're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to touch that. If you would like to know more about what they put in vaccines, yeah, go over should- to halfcutconspiracies.podbean.com, and uh, myself and Carlos here will break that down for you. We know everything that's going in vaccines, and uh, <laughs> do you know you don't? Do you know everything? No. Did you no. actually like like listen out like no, all God, the ingredients? No. Oh yeah. No. All that matters, we were talking about how um, how the problem, the concerns about the microchips shouldn't be that they're implanting microchips in your in your body. It's that the microchips are coming from Bill Gates, which means they're probably all going to crash. <laughs> anyway, this, oh. this, this, this podcast is turning into the other podcast very quickly, so let's get back on track. Oh, that's fine. Um, I got to say, it was nice after spending a few months kind of drowning in racism and <laughs> patriarchal society to experience such a a nice friendly warm uplifting book that somehow offends people i uh, yeah i don't get how this offends anybody yeah um what are we talking about today we're talking about a book called i am jazz it's by jessica herthel and jazz jennings uh, Jazz Jennings is, of course, the main character in the book, and the book describes her experience as a child um, born in a boy's body, but as she puts it, with a, a girl's brain. And it's 
it's really almost exactly what you would expect a children's book of that subject to be like, you know, talking about her experiences, talking about how she always felt like a girl, talking about how her favorite color is pink, talking about how um, she wants to grow up to do girl things and how when her parents took her to a doctor, um, she and her family discovered the word transgender for the first time and, uh, and that sort of thing. Somehow, though, mm-hmm. this is from uh, 2010 to 2019, the 13th most banned or challenged book. 13th. Like, that, that places it higher than uh, The Handmaid's Tale, which I think was in the mid to late 20s. Jesus. So, I mean, I mean yeah, that's... There's so many worse places that that book could have went. And it was just so, like you said, it was just, it was just a happy go lucky experience. Like, yeah. how does that offend anybody? So here's some examples. Um, in 2017, it was challenged because it portrays a transgender child and because of language, sex education and offensive viewpoints. Um, there was nothing about sex in that book. No. And I think, that's this is where it starts getting into stretches, right? I think they're defining sex education as, you know, any reference to, uh, I don't know, the complications of gender or I, I don't know. And, and I'm not sure where the offensive viewpoint is in the book either beyond transgender people exist. Like that is yeah. literally the only viewpoint in the book. I don't see any complication either. Like, the, like uh, there was no complicated issue. Like, no. As Jazz felt like a girl. And yeah, well, how is that complicated? Uh, in 2018, I, I like this example here. Um, it was challenged but retained in a Rockland, California acad- academy school. A transgender kindergarten student gave some books about her situation to her teacher, and the teacher read them to the class. Um, which, again, I think this is where books like this are, are valuable in. Mm-hmm. Especially when, you know, you've got a student in your class who is having this experience. How can you communicate that to the rest of the class and help them understand it? Yeah. Uh, I think that's where these books are are useful and what they're meant to do. However, uh, some parents complained to the school board about being, quote, blindsided. The district responded that the books were age-appropriate, fell within the book selection policy, and that unlike sex education, the topic of gender identity did not require prior parental notice, to which I say high-five to that school. Nicely done. Yeah. Um, although the superintendent stated that staff will be engaging parents and teachers in discussions about how materials outside our curriculum will be addressed in the future, but still, that's a, I think that's a positive approach from that school there. And in 2020, it was challenged and relocated for LGBTQIA plus content for a transgender character and for confronting a topic that is, quote, sensitive, controversial, and politically charged. Hmm. I like, it's it's so troubling to, when when someone's mere identity can be described as sensitive, controversial, and politically charged. I wouldn't even say mere identity, like, there was well, no, there, I, no, there was no question in Jazz's mind, you know, like it wasn't even, well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like at one point, I started to question whether you know, it was just like I liked pink, I liked this, I liked that, and that's who I was, and that's yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing, I mean, for me as a as an adult reading a children's book, 
of course, um, it would be, I would have appreciated more, more depth, of course, but this is a children's book and yeah. it's not going to provide that. Um, you know, for example, you know, my, I have a daughter mm-hmm. who, you know, her favorite color is pink. At least it was, I don't know if it still is, maybe purple now. Um, and she's always what like sort of traitor. princesses. What, what a, a traitor, traitor, right? Gender <laughs> traitor. Gender treachery, just like in uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. I forgot uh, about gender treachery. But she's always really liked like superheroes mm-hmm. and action shooter video games. Um, now, in her case, that's just, you know, a girl who happens to also like things that are considered boy things. And so, but like, I've never thought you know, that she might be a transgender boy. No, but th- I mean, that, that you know. But, but if she had come to me at certain yeah. points and said, like, I feel like I'm a boy. I feel like I want to do boy things when I grow up. Mm-hmm. That would be different. And I think in a lot of people's minds, here's a, here's a thing that happened the other day, which maybe, I don't know, maybe you saw it on my Facebook page. I ended up in a long, 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 argument with somebody over basically transgender people and whether or not um, transgender surgery in teens was an okay thing or not. And, and this, this guy I was debating with basically just erasing the existence of transgender um, saying that it's, it's not a thing. It's a mental illness, blah, 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 blah. And it's just now that I've said all that, I remember what my point was, but it's, it's so one of the things I've discovered, especially while reading um, the autobiography of Malcolm X is, is the importance of understanding that our lives and our experiences don't match other people's lives and experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think the people who are trying to argue that, you know, transgender identity isn't a thing are people who find themselves going, well, I, I can't, I can't imagine how that would be. So therefore it isn't. And so they go to right. the assumption that, Oh, this is somebody, this is just a, a, a boy who happens to like girl things. And if we, if we take enough time to teach him how to behave properly, um, eventually he'll realize that he's wrong or, or, you know, if we, maybe we let him continue to do the girl things and that's okay in the privacy of our home, but we're going to still force him to wear boy clothes when we go out and this sort of thing, mm-hmm. because it's just it, it, his experience and his, his opinion about who he is can't possibly be true because I can't relate to it. See, and that's, I think that's where the true importance of books like this comes into play. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is important, I think, and you know, this is just coming from, from my perspective, but uh, I mean, I, I, w- I would say that for a transgender child to be in a situation where they can hear this from an adult, you know, like s- see this book, like hear these, hear these ideas and connect with them and uh, um, feel understood would be important. Mm-hmm. But also mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, anybody who doesn't feel the same way to just be able to empathize with people who are in that situation um, is very important as well. Um, and yeah, what you're describing is definitely like a lack of empathy. It's a lack of understanding of, like you say, like other people have 
different experiences. And not just a lack of understanding, but I think it, it almost feels like a lack of a desire to understand, right? Like the, the, There's just no willingness to take yeah. well, I would whatever say those steps are. Willful ignorance is like one of the biggest issues that we have in our society today. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I, I just, I can't see how this would be banned. I mean, other than just people who, like you say, just are. They just don't want to have that discussion. Yeah. They don't want to have that discussion. They don't want their kids to be involved in the discussion. They don't want their kids to be aware that that's the thing. And there's also the, the idea, some people think that, um, that the transgender people who are coming out as transgender are doing it as a fad, that it's like a cool thing to do. I mean, um, I mean, I'm not going to deny that that might be an issue for like, they're like a very, very small percentage of people, you know, people who are um, just interested in notoriety or attention, you know, they're going to come up with, anything but like this is this is something that's been around forever well i think though i think it's rare uh for one thing that somebody would do it just for attention and you think so yeah i think it's very rare because especially with the climate of like again just it's the same thing as you know say in the in the 60s maybe Mm um the idea that that you know homosexuality was a choice when there is all that homophobia and and everyone hating gays and it's like you know but we're still would, we're still talking about like western who? western modern civilization as well like you look in like the greek civilization homosexuality was oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 you know uh, like, but no what i'm saying is well yeah we're talking about western you know culture because that's where we live that's who's yeah, censoring okay. these books yeah, yeah, for my sure. point being that like there was a time when when people would argue that you know homosexuality was a choice mm-hmm. even though literally no one would choose to live that life given the climate and the culture that was so violently opposed to homosexuality it's ridiculous to think that anyone would actually just choose that when they could have just as well chosen a different thing mm-hmm. you know in the same way i I don't think, given how much negativity there is around, you know, transgender people, and admittedly it's not as bad, but it still is bad, mm-hmm. that anyone you don't would think choose it's as, bad? as, like, homosexuality at the, like, in the past? I mean, it's, yeah, I guess that's hard to say. I think maybe, you I know, amongst... I think currently, probably, it's more accepted to be a homosexual than a transgender Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But I would say that there are still more um, safe spaces for transgender people now than there were perhaps for gays in the, the 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah, like okay. that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't there, but yeah. I'm... Well, safe think... <laughs> spaces didn't exist at all, really. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, even, even not even just the 30s and 40s, but like even the 80s. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the eighties was even worse, of course, because, um, you know, there was, there was the whole AIDS epidemic. So not right. only were you, were you shunned by people, but you could die just by hooking up with somebody and nobody would care if you got sick either. Right. It was just, it's the gay disease. So it's your own fault. So I can't imagine, um, what it would be like. And again, this comes from, you know, my experience as a perfectly, well, not perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, let's pull that back a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's go with like straight cis white male. Yeah. 
Let's um, leave the perfectly out of it. <laughs> I've, I've never had to, you know, wonder about whether what I'm feeling is normal or not, except maybe in regards to certain fetishes, which I'm not going to get into right now. Um, but to to have these things, and especially, you know, transgender kids who are maybe in families that aren't supportive of that kind of thing, um, looking for validation or mm-hmm. looking for um, acknowledgement that what they feel is legitimate or mm-hmm. looking for support. If that's something that they can get from either, you know, a classroom where this book is read or from a library where they get to have access to this book, um, th- that's so valuable. I, I, oh, absolutely. I couldn't imagine having to struggle with something like that without have, having some assistance or or guidance and or valid, um, some validation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, it, it feels like maybe like the fear behind these sorts of ideas is like, if you're exposed to it, then that's where it begins. But it's just not the case. You know, as far as I understand how it works and how, you know, the human experience is, you are who you are. And, you know, I mean, absolutely, there's a lot of people who are born male or female and they identify wholeheartedly male or female and they never question it and it's all you know perfectly fine um and there are people on the opposite end of that spectrum who are born male or female and identify with the complete opposite and Mm -hmm. there are people Mm -hmm. um just everywhere in between you know i would say i wouldn't call myself transgender by any stretch of the word but do I identify with the toxic masculine ideal? No, I don't. You know, I, I have feelings. I like to watch things grow. I like to care for things. You know, I I mean, and that shouldn't be a thing that's like, you know, anti-male. But no. when, when you really think of like, you know, men, we're manly men. You know, we're tough and we, we, we build and we conquer, right? And like, yeah. you know, there's, there's just... There's just everything in between. There's both extremes. It's, I had a point and I feel like I'm just, <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm just talking out of my ass because I am a straight, like, you know, like you say, straight cis white, white man. But uh, there's just so much more to the human. There's just so much more to the human experience than whether you are, are you a male or female? Yeah. And also it's, it. I just, I can't understand the, I can't wrap my head around the, the kind of ego it takes for someone to say, no, you don't know what your identity is, but I know what mm-hmm. your identity is. Yeah. You yeah, can tell fuck, me right? that, that you are a woman, but I'm not going to accept that. And I'm going to tell you that you are in fact a boy because I know better than you are what you are. Yeah. That's, that's just fucked. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And again, like, one of the reasons I wanted to to read a book by a transgender author was to have a better understanding of their experience. And I won't really say that this book did that for me again, because it's a children's book and it's mm-hmm. not going to that kind of depth. Like the one, the, the real message of this, this story is that like everyone 
like believe in who you are, mm-hmm. um, be who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think like I, I, I quoted one line from the book, which was right after the family had gone to the doctor and found out um, about transgender, because prior to this, when Jazz was going to the members of her family, her parents, her siblings, and saying, like, I want to wear girl clothes, and I'm going to do girl things when I grow up. Everyone's like, oh, you're so silly. Mm-hmm. And then once they went to the doctor, and the doctor explained, you know, what transgender was, and everybody's like, oh, we get it now. Um, there's a moment where the the parents say to Jazz, we love you no matter what. And that's, I think that's like, that's ultimately the most important takeaway from this. This is how we need to mm-hmm. treat everybody, regardless of, of who they say they are. Like, and I wonder, there was a story that somebody posted to my Facebook wall. This is why I brought up the Facebook thing earlier. In the midst of that debate about transgender identity, somebody posted um, a story about a, a, a child, a 15-year-old, who was removed from his family because his family didn't approve of him getting um, gender reassignment surgery. Okay. And there's not a lot in the story. There's no details about who these people are because the the teenager is underage and so you can't reveal their identities and everything else. But one of the things I, I found myself wondering is like, like instead of the story that his father's refusal to accept his identity really hurt him. And again, this is just like throwing shit out there. This is not related to anything. This is just a wild theory. But I wonder if when he, or or whichever gender, I don't remember what it is in the story, when they revealed themselves to their parent, if the parent had had responded with something more like, that's okay, I love you no matter what, mm-hmm. um, they might not have been so quick to rush towards surgery. Whether or not surgery was a way of trying to force a parent to acknowledge their identity. It's like, okay, I tell you that I'm really a girl and you don't accept that. Well, what if I what if I look more like a girl? Would that would that make it more acceptable? Would that make it easy for you to accept? I have no idea if that's even remotely true or if that's, you know, a way that somebody would go, but it's just Mm -hmm. a question I found myself wondering whether or not, because certainly not having any validation and acceptance from your, your parents has got to be like incredibly damaging. Oh, absolutely. In, in, in any sense, Um, like your parents are are a huge part of, of who you understand yourself to be, right? Um, and how, like, and your, yeah, your self worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, like, I don't know too much about like what the best age would be for surgery. I don't know if it's better um, pre adulthood or if it's. Of a fine procedure to have done, um, you know, as an adult, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know the science behind that, right? Yeah, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak out of my ass just for a second here because <laughs> okay. I, th- I think I have just enough information to probably be wrong about what I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. But uh, I think in a lot of cases, it's actually in the long term 
better if it can be done sort of before puberty, or at the very least, I know there are times when um, kids will take hormone blockers, I think is what they are, mm-hmm. that prevent sort of the onset of puberty. Okay. Um, so I think it's easier to make changes before those sort of the, the hormones associated with with puberty start going through your body because basically when you when you go through um a gender change it's a lot of punching the opposite hormones into yourself now is is there one transition that that is um medically easier than the other as far as like male to female versus female to male mm-hmm. i have no idea okay yeah i, I think I they all have complications but one thing I would say, um, if if people are interested in sort of learning more about transgender people, is there's there's a lot of um, really fantastic people on on Twitter and other social media who are open to sharing about their experiences, and that's where I've sort of gotten my information just as far as what their again their experiences because that's what I want to know about because they're what they're going through. I can't relate to. I've not gone through that. So um, it's been a very, very informative thing. Um, one person uh, I follow on Twitter, uh, Emily Vanderwerf, um, is a, uh, she's an entertainment writer and TV critic um, who came out, I want to say a year, might have been two years ago, and has been really, really, really uh, open on her platform uh, and in a lot of her entertainment writing as well about her transition and uh, and what that's been like. And uh, it's been it's been really, um, I guess, an honor uh, to to sort of follow her story and and see how it's gone for her and and credit to her and everyone else uh, and to Jazz Jennings as well. Um, like the, it's hard enough, I imagine going through that process, but then to be brave enough to put your story in a book like that, um, and have your story, which is such a simple, uh, ultimately, I think, um, loving story, be the 13th most banned <laughs> book in the last decade is bonkers. It is. Um, it is. Absolutely. She's also actually, um, I Am Jazz is the name of a reality TV show, which I didn't realize when I first picked this book to do. Um, but yeah, it's been on since 2015, and it follows Jazz Jennings' life on TV. So oh, okay. that's somewhere else you could look if cool. if you're interested in learning more about um, transgender individuals. Okay. It's on TLC, I think. Okay. There's a transgender woman who uh, on YouTube who goes by the name ContraPoints, okay. um, or at least that's the name of her channel. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant YouTube star. And, um, most of her videos are sort of very, very deep dives. They're anywhere from like, like 40 minutes to an hour on, um, really interesting subjects. Everything from like, uh, toxic masculinity to transgender issues and, and all kinds of stuff like that. But again, if, if you're interested in subjects around, you know, transgender people and stuff like that. I think she's definitely worth a, a look on on YouTube. Recommend that. Contrapoints. Contrapoints. Okay. 
I'll have to check that out. Um, Because, yeah, I think, like, at the very least, we all should be more willing to learn and more willing to be informed about the people around us who aren't like us so that we can better understand who they are. Like, why wouldn't we want to do that? Why wouldn't we want to uh, do our best to understand, uh, you know, the people in your neighborhood, as as they say, as the fine Fred Rogers would talk about. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like there's so, there's so many complexities to the human experience and, to, to think that that your reality is the only reality is is it's arrogant it's unnecessary in this day and age I think it's um yeah there's just there's just so many facets to the human human experience that uh you don't get to experience but you can at least empathize with mm-hmm I think I think one thing we should all do as a society is maybe um we retire those what would Jesus do bracelets? And instead we go with what would Fred Rogers do? Because I think <laughs> almost always you're going to end up with a better solution that way. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, meeting a transgender child, what Fred Rogers would do would be to give them a hug and say that you are valuable and you are loved. And I think that's the reaction that we should have, not you are wrong and broken and your book needs to be banned. Um, and the fact, the fact that it is the 13th most banned book is just, again, it's appalling. Yeah. I don't know if I if, 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 could if possibly you have, if you have say that at, enough. Like read this book or watched the video of her reading this book. There is absolutely nothing in this book that I think deserves to be banned. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, I am going to, uh, try to include a link to the YouTube video, um, of her reading the book in the description mm-hmm. of this podcast. So if you listen to this podcast right now. Uh, in your podcast browser machine, um, look in the description and you can follow a link uh, at Jazz Jennings reading her own book. It's only about, it's less than five minutes long. It's, it's not a, it's not a long book. Yeah. Uh, but it's again, like I, I can't, it's and again, like this, this comes down to the question of how hard it is to understand other people's perspectives. You know, as much as I don't understand what it's like to be, you know, a transgender child, I don't know what it's like to be a, somebody who would read this book and go, this is, disgusting and needs to be kept from my child. So I'm just in the dark and confused about everything as a white cis male should be, I guess. As a semi-open-minded white cis male. <laughs> I'm very open-minded, sir. No, no, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm joking. No, I'm just trying to say, like, uh, I think the people that would try to ban this book would be pretty close-minded. Uh, in, yeah. in general. But that's me generalizing, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, I mean, the whole idea of banning anything, I think, generally comes from a place of closed-mindedness. It comes from the, the fact that we don't want this, this idea or this information in the minds of others or in the minds of my kids or in the minds of whoever. It's, it's about keeping, it's about keeping minds closed, really. I mean, if we're, if we are going to touch on the topic of whether or not banning something is is good i mean i would say that there is a certain amount of protection that children need from certain stimulus um and it's hard i would say to determine where that line is um if you have a fear of 
the transgender population, then you might have a fear of children being exposed to a book like this. And I, I guess I could understand where you would be coming from. I wouldn't agree with you, but I could understand where you're coming from. We wouldn't want children to watch videos of people being murdered. We wouldn't want to watch videos of people being raped. We wouldn't want people like exposed to that. So there, like, there is a certain amount of, I, I guess banning. I don't know if banning is the right word, but you know, there. Where's that line though? Where do we draw that line? That's that's the that's that's the that's the question, really. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh, that that like watching or or uh, I I think that a book like this or things like this they don't harm anyone. No. Oh, absolutely. You know not. what I mean? And whereas like the next book that we're going to look at a clockwork orange, a lot of the behavior of the protagonist, um, is harmful. If, if I remember the movie correctly, and I'm assuming the book follows in, in, um, you know, the general direction mm -hmm. of violence and, um, rape and, you know, just, just a whole lot of what, is the worst of what is a human being. Mm -hmm. And I can see how things like that would be, you would want that censored. You would want that, you know, not. Well, obviously every case is different. Yeah. I don't think anyone, you know, is arguing that a clockwork orange should be part of the kindergarten curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's just the movie and not the book, as the book is probably too complex for them to read. But, um, you know, it's a case by case thing. And it's the line that you draw is different in a case by case situation. Like I said, um, in our wrap up of The Handmaid's Tale, I think every girl ages 13 and up needs to read that book. Um, and ultimately, that's an arbitrary line. I think probably there's some 12 year olds who could, um, you know, learn something from it. See, and, and I, I, I would year olds too. in the opposite direction. I would say that, that this is probably more like a 16, 17. Like the, the Handmaid's Tale, I wouldn't say. A 13-year-old would be quite the right age for that book. Okay. Personally. Um, knowing myself as a 13-year-old and how impressionable I was and how much I didn't understand about the world. And, and to read a book like that, I think, would, would, would have really set itself deep in my subconscious, in a way. Mm -hmm. Um but I am very sensitive in that way to, to media and, and to art and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. But my point is that I don't think anyone is arguing that like all media should be available to all people of all ages. No. I mean, I guess on a certain extent, like, yeah, okay. If, if my, if my kindergarten child happened to walk to my bookshelf, grab my copy of the handmaid's tale off of it and start reading it and enjoyed it and absorbed it. Like I'm not going to stop them. Maybe I would at kindergarten, but I mean, I was, <laughs> I was reading Stephen King novels in the third grade. Um, I, I have I actually have memories of reading um, portions of Stephen King books that described sexual acts that made zero sense to me because I didn't know what sex was at that time. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know what this is. Um, but I was still able to absorb the book. Okay. Um, maybe that wasn't wise. Maybe that's <laughs> why it turned out as I did. But... Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it's but it's it's a question of what's appropriate and when it's appropriate, mm-hmm. and I guess who in, makes that decision? Like like, and we talked about this. Like I think on the first episode, it was like who. Well, makes in most this of these call? cases, in most of these cases, you're going to find that it's either the schools or the school districts because that's where most of these books are being banned is at the school level. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when it comes to what's going on in. Because there's two, there's two, there's two things. It's like, when do I let my children experience it in the home? And then it's in the hands of the parents. Mm-hmm. And then it's also, when is it safe to allow this? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that this book should be taught to 13 year olds, right? I don't think, I think that would be a harder fight, even though I think a 13 year old book, not this book, but back to Hamish. The Hamish, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think 13-year-olds should read it, but I think it would be a harder struggle to convince a school board that it should be taught at the 13-year-old level. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see it being taught, as you suggested, at like a 16-year-old level. Um, but I also think that most 13-year-olds probably could absorb it and learn from it and and that sort of thing. And in fact, I think, I think it's a mistake to hide ideas from kids because, uh, out of the idea that they're not mature enough. Um. I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. I think okay. I think that there is, you know, there's there's a certain amount of impressionism for for a younger younger child, and to expose them to certain things, and for them to feel like those things are okay. I disagree with that. I think that um, children do need protection for their own mind's sake. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say protection, but um, yeah, again, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read The Handmaid's Tale to a nine-year-old, okay. but then well, maybe then, that's no, just because you, a nine-year-old then, would get then bored. You understand? You agree? You agree with me? What? That there, there is a certain amount, like there, there, there is a point to certain ideas to certain ages. Yeah, again, but yeah, but absolutely. but it's. But it's not universal, though. It's like not every 10-year-old kid is at the same emotional no, or intellectual level. No, I'm not like, saying that. I'm not saying that. But y- you gotta, you got to think about, you got to empathize with the most impressionable um, portion of that population. Right? Like, you have to understand, like, like if, if you do, say you expose a certain medium to um, everybody at the age of 12. And the vast majority of that population is going to be um, un- understanding. They're they're going to have the emotional capacity, the intellectual capacity to understand this is fiction, that that this is just an a story. It's an idea, and they will gain from that. But uh, you know there are you know there 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 is a certain amount of impressionability. Um, the younger you go, that makes ideas a little more dangerous, I think. Um, I don't have any kids, but I was a kid once, and I know that uh, some things that I were exposed to that I shouldn't have been exposed to, I think, and uh, kind of, you know, took took years to kind of understand because I didn't understand at the time, and I and I, I carried with me this this incomplete idea of a very complicated thing. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and that's just my—I guess—that's my personal experience. 
I feel like I should have been a little more guarded as a child from certain things. And I'm, I'm talking about the internet. I was free to roam the internet Mm, as mm -hmm. a kid. And, uh, the internet when I was a kid was the wild fucking West. I mean, I guess it's not really, doesn't really have anything to do with this book because this book doesn't really touch on anything that I think would be a sensitive topic for anybody of any age. Um, I really don't understand why this would be bad other than just ignorance. But, um, I would disagree that, or I, I maybe not disagree because I don't know if you made this point, but I would say that that protection for um, the more vulnerable, which would be the younger uh, population, is important. It is something that needs to be taken seriously, and I guess that's part of this whole podcast. Is like, you know. Better. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think obviously, yeah. Not not every person. <sighs> Not every person of any age, um, you know, is is comfortable with every single piece of media out there. Um, just between yourself and I, you yourself and I, between you and me, um, I, there's stuff that I have watched that I'm sure that you would not watch if your life depended on it. Yeah. Um, I have a lower, higher tolerance. I guess it's higher tolerance to like really fucked up shit. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, I think. You know, there's there's looking at things from an individual person's level as far as what they're able to, you know, process and understand and, and, and come away with in positive ways. And then there's, you know, your classroom environments where, yeah, you probably have to try to play to the lowest common denominator, right? So if you have, all, you know, a bunch of kids that are roughly, let's just say, you know, you know, at a certain level intellectually or, you know, emotionally, and then somebody else who's like way lower than that, you either have to, you know, make sure that the kid who's in the lower end can still understand the media that you're absorbing or else, you know, keep him separate from the media or whatever. You do have to consider sort of the lowest common denominator mm-hmm. um, in the classroom environment. Uh, so when I say things like every 13-year-old girl should read The Handmaid's Tale... It's probably possible that there are some 13-year-old girls out there who shouldn't. So, yeah, don't take my word as an excuse to go and tie up children and read them this book, even <laughs> if they're not enjoying it. So I think uh, I think what we've learned today is don't tie up kids and force them to listen to books. Um, treat people with love and respect. Mm-hmm. Even if they're different than you are, uh, be true to who you are. Anything else? Did I miss anything? Love, man. Love, man. No, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was beautifully simple. Mm-hmm. It didn't mm-hmm. try to be too much. Um, yeah. It was just... I think it gave kids just as much as they needed to know to understand the situation and, and you know, be comfortable with it. There's nothing, there's nothing odd about this. It's no. just, it's, it's, a, it's a person who was born one way and feels a different way, and that's how they're going to live their life. And if you encounter somebody who's like that, then that's cool. If you are somebody who feels like that, then that's also cool. Uh, that this book give you permission to... You know, be your true self, whoever that happens to be.
And to all our listeners, should be your true selves, whoever that happens to be. Unless you're a serial killer, don't be, don't be that. <laughs> Other than that, though, probably okay. Um, I think that's all we got to say about this. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm actually really shocked that this was banned. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Was it it's, banned it's, in like was this the top thirteen banned in the states or like in Canada? It's it's probably the states. I'd have to go yeah. look at that list. Again I can't see that this would but... be like super challenged here. Uh, ALA. Uh, I don't know what the ALA is. At no point do they tell me what it means. Have you Google searched what is the ALA? No, I'm on my phone. I think I'm going to assume that it's the American Library Association. Oh, there it is. I just saw it. The American Library Association. Okay. okay. So this is in banned in America. Okay. Worth noting, though, that like uh, I think. Hang on. Yeah. So like the Captain Underpants series is the second most banned book in in right. the last decade. So yeah. Uh, another one here, though, that I wouldn't mind covering is Thirteen Reasons Why. It was adapted into a Netflix series. It was. I haven't seen it, but my girlfriend's a big fan. Yeah, if you if you got five minutes to spare, go give this book a listen. Um, link is in the podcast description. It's a really really warm hearted story. Um, not too complex. It's you know intended for I think very young children. Um, watch it with your kid if you have kids. Yeah, um, it might help them understand uh, things that they have experienced in school or haven't or will experience in school, or even might help them process what's going on in their own brains. Um, Help them understand who they are. Uh, but that's all I got to say. How about you? Yeah, it was just a, a a lovely, a lovely little book about uh, one person's experience, and I could definitely see how this would help um, a young child empathize with either themselves or um, maybe the children around them. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, a reminder that uh, if you like what we're doing here and want to help support it, we are on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash blah, blah, blah media. That's B-L-A-H, B-L-A-H, B-L-A-H media, where you can support us at a number of different uh, financial levels if you like what we're doing. And um, if you like what you're what we're doing and don't want to support us, that's okay, too. Uh, we know it's a tough time right now uh, with COVID-19 still going on. Uh, money's tight for everyone. So, um, you know, keep your dollars at home if you need to. Uh, my name's Todd Sullivan. And I'm Oren Barter. And you have been listening to When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Now, go read a fucking book. Please.